Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. I'm really excited to talk today about Giawaza and Randori because I love training them. They're very fun to train when you do them right, and I find them far more enjoyable than paired kata. They're very challenging, but that's part of what makes them enjoyable. They shouldn't be so challenging that they're demoralizing, though, but more on that in a bit. Randori in particular is near and dear to my own heart because Randori is where all the skills of an Aikidoka come together. Giawaza and Randori provide the live training necessary to put Aikido techniques to work in a dynamic environment. Don't get me wrong, though. Paired kata has its place in the training spectrum and is most useful at the low levels to acquaint students with the basics of technique. If it were learning a language, kata is like learning the ABCs. Giawaza is more like learning vocabulary and grammar, and Randori is engaging in full conversation. I sometimes see paired kata done really fast and hard with the belief that it's recreating a reality. It really doesn't matter how fast you do your paired kata, it's still very limited in scope. The skills you build in Giawaza and Randori are far different and can't be built doing paired kata alone. A primary reason is that with paired kata, Nage already knows what attack is coming and already has the technique chosen to respond with. This does not reflect reality, yet most all Aikido demonstrations clearly show this exact same approach. It makes sense because demonstrations are meant to be impressive and good-looking. Real violence is not attractive-looking and would not make it a good demonstration, which will attract students. It's the same reason movie violence is planned and choreographed and crafted to look dramatic. Training to follow choreography and training to deal with a rapidly changing and aggressive attack is a whole nother matter entirely. If you don't train against a live attacker or as close as you can get to one on a regular basis, your martial arts skills will not be suitable for self-defense. This is your personal choice, of course, but be aware how your personal choice affects your practice group and the art. Aikido appears to be largely stuck in choreographed patterns, which has fostered the reputation Aikido currently has as being not useful for self-defense. Let me set up the topic with an analogy that is fairly decent and will make sense even if you've not experienced it firsthand. If you went to learn how to fly, you would first go to ground school to study the mechanics of flight, the basics of airplane systems at the simplest levels, how to perform pre-flight checks, how to use the radio correctly and communicate with the tower, and many other fundamental aspects which lay the groundwork for learning to fly. Once you get a handle on those fundamentals, an instructor takes you up in a small plane and you start getting a feel for actual flying. You learn basic maneuvering at first, then learn takeoffs and landings and all the other different maneuvers and processes you need to know to be able to fly the aircraft. Initially, you'll practice everything you're shown under his close supervision. He's carefully watching everything you do and make sure any mistakes that you might make aren't serious. Once you start showing a decent level of ability, your instructor will ride along silently a few times and see that you can do all the aspects of flying without any help. The pre-flight, the takeoff, flying around, navigating, the landing, everything from front to back. At that point, or sometime right after that, you're given permission to fly solo. You're not a master pilot yet, but you're safe enough to practice on your own. The basic terms that they use in the flight school training are ground school, dual, which is flying with an instructor, and flying solo. The reason I mention this is that paired kata is much like ground school. It teaches some very valuable basics about Aikido technique and application, but it's nowhere near flying solo or even dual. Paired kata has its place in the training cycle, but how much of a place? Going back to the aviation analogy, it doesn't take years of ground school before somebody gets to go up in an airplane. It's usually only a few classes before you get to go up in a plane with your instructor. Granted, ground school continues as you learn how to fly, they go in parallel. 
Aikido is certainly no different. Any technique is best introduced and honed in paired kata, but that's only the first step. Taking it into jiawaza is an important next step. Also note that when learning to fly, students are not put into F-16s. They start in a small plane and work progressively up to faster and more challenging aircraft. The same progression is used in building skills to deal with a full-speed randori. The fundamentals of movement and maneuvering can easily be studied at a slow enough speed for the student to comprehend and apply. As they get comfortable with them, the attacks can become faster. It seems, though, that paired kata appears to take up almost all of Aikido practice time, or a great portion of it. A major problem with kata is that it can be dead practice. People can go through, through the motions, kind of like dancing without any music. For the aviation analogy, it would be pushing on the pedals and operating the flight controls while parked on the ground. Sure, you do the same motions when you're in the air, but actually flying is not the same thing. I think this is a good point to clarify the definitions of Jiawaza and Randori I'll be using for this discussion. Jiawaza means free training, which is a pretty open term. Jiawaza is a more open and free practice than paired kata, where variables are added in to get closer to realistic situations. The nature of the freedom can be defined for each exercise, and Jiawaza can run a wide range from very simple to more elaborate. For example, let's say you were working a paired kata with two different techniques. The first being ikkyo from a cross-handed grab and a shiyunage from a same-sided grab. Students get fairly comfortable with the movements of each technique and they're doing them pretty smoothly. Now you would introduce a jiawaza where nage offers a hand forward and uke can choose which hand he grabs with and change the angle he approaches from. This free choice forces nage to identify which technique to use, which one's appropriate, and alter his movement to adjust to uke's approach angle. This is a small measure of freedom with Nage only having two choices to worry about. But by doing this, Nage builds the skill of identifying the correct response as the motion is happening and not predetermining the technique before the attack starts. This is a huge skill to build and cannot be adequately built through paired kata alone. The pace of the jiawaza is variable, and you can have it done at any speed. The important aspect is to keep continuous movement. It is okay to make mistakes, but one must stay moving. From a technique perspective, it's useful to start with only a few attacks and as students get better at dealing with those, then add more in. Ultimately, they should be able to effectively deal with a wide variety of attacks and at higher speeds. This is the ultimate goal and that's flying. Aikido is complex, but it's not so complex that it cannot be taught to just about anyone. Jiawaza can be done at low intensity, medium intensity, or high intensity. You add variables in with greater speed and more dukes and more techniques. The challenge of using multiple ukes in sequence is almost everyone moves and responds differently. Nage builds greater skills by dealing with different ukes every single attack. Jiawaza can also have more variables built in, such as giving ukes the ability to attack however they want, grabs, punches, and other strikes, even kicks, body locks, tackles, and takedowns. That is assuming students have been taught how to respond properly to such attacks. The more attacks you add in, the more difficult the jiawaza will be. You don't have to do your jiawaza at full speed. You can do it at medium speed or even slow speed. When you add more techniques in, it pays to slow down and make sure students get comfortable with it and increase the speed as they build their comfort and confidence level. Jiawaza is a transitional training method to building the skills for unpredictable chaos, which is real violence. It's a way to limit the variables and make the training both productive and enjoyable. It should only be a little stressful to let Nage push beyond his or her limitations. As I mentioned before, if a student's getting overwhelmed, slow down and remove some of the variables so that they can work at a level and push their limitations back a bit. 
the ultimate goal is to do this progressively over time, where dealing with complete unpredictability is not overwhelming. That brings us to Randori. From a translation standpoint, Ran means chaos. Dori means taking or grabbing. Randori literally translate to grabbing chaos. I admit that I only have a gaijin level of understanding of this term and Japanese in general, and the Japanese language has a great depth, so there could be a deeper meaning as well. But chaos is a good word to describe real violence. It's completely unpredictable and anything can happen. This is what makes training so difficult and competence takes so long to build. Randori is as close as we can get in training short of full intensity combat. There are still rules in Randori and just like Giawaza can have a wide range of rules depending on the skills you want your students to build with them. In my experience, the word Randori typically makes Aikidoka uncomfortable if not outright nervous. It's a terrifying thought to face chaos, especially if you've not been adequately prepared for it. I've run across very few instructors who could adequately teach concepts for dealing with Randori or even show a good Randori. This always seems strange to me because it's one of Aikido's big claims, which is held up in demonstrations as the highest level of skill. Yet few are taught how to do it. It seems to me most of the Aikido community is caught in a catch-22 situation with Randori. Few instructors are good at it, therefore they can't teach it. They don't teach it, so students never get comfortable with it. Students grow and eventually become instructors who are therefore not good at Randori, and the circle goes round and round and round. This becomes very evident in the rank examinations that I've witnessed, almost all of which had a Randori portion, which is really nothing more than a Giawaz of some kind. You can identify the difference when a second uke or a third uke waits until Nage is done with the technique before he moves in to execute his attack. I kind of refer to this as the bad karate movie, where the bad guys wait for their turn to attack the hero. As I said before, Giawaz is a good training tool, but it's not Randori. And really, I don't care what somebody calls it. Seeing somebody test at a black belt level barely able to perform an intermediate training exercise indicates to me that they've not been trained adequately. That's just my opinion. It's true that there are many Udansha with poor skills out there, though. They are often fine people, and I'm not saying anything against them personally, but their instructors did not train them properly. A student's shortcomings are their teacher's responsibility. A major point about Randori is the aesthetic, and that is the, the belief that Randori will look pretty. Never think or expect you can make chaos look pretty. Your goal is to survive highly intense attacks, not to make it look like a movie scene. Techniques don't need to look pretty, and likely they won't, but they must get the job done. As the speed increases, you will not get an opportunity to execute technique against every uke. When an opportunity presents itself, take it, but realize it's more important to stay on your feet and keep moving than to apply a cool-looking technique every time an uke approaches. This is the difference between demonstration and reality. Real violence is fast, ugly, and dangerous. The rules are very different from showing a good demonstration. I think the lack of good randori skills are a main contributor to the bad reputation Aikido has gradually earned since Osensei's passing. Aikido demonstrations are generally so choreographed and sterile that they just don't look believable. Now, a demonstration is a demonstration, and I've seen even Marine Corps martial arts demonstrations look fake because they're obviously choreographed. The Marines are the real deal, and when it comes to hand-to-hand -to -hand fighting, their art is very solid. But again, a demonstration is different from the real thing. As I said at the beginning, Randori is a subject very near and dear to my heart. In fact, it's probably my greatest interest within Aikido. To me, it's the pinnacle of what a martial art is supposed to be and the preparation for dealing with the chaos of real violence. It's fairly common for Aikido students to have randori training not even start until they get to be about brown belt level or so.
I think there are three major drawbacks to this approach, and maybe more. The first one is it paints the picture that Rendori is so terrifying that they must have years of training to even start learning it. All this does is build a healthy fear of Randori in the student's mind, and I, fear is always a bad thing. The second is that it's a very simple concept to grasp, is you get good at what you practice, and you don't get good at what you don't practice. If you don't practice Giawaza and Randori, how could you ever expect to improve your skills at it? Pretty simple concept. The third is having to reprogram a student's body to work on a different set of priorities than what they've gotten acquainted to doing a lot of paired kata. This is very difficult to do, to untrain what somebody has trained to do. It's far better to start training students properly from the beginning than have to go and rework them later on. The skills of paired kata, Giawaza and randori, are different, but at the higher levels they merge together. Start the student on ground school, but get the students in the air early in their training. These skills should be trained in tandem. I've spent more than 10 years now working up a full curriculum for training Randori from the ground up. This means starting from day one with new students. Fear is counterproductive to teaching, and many Aikidoka I've talked to about Randori seem to be afraid of it to some degree. It's human nature to be afraid of the unknown. That's why I like to start on the fundamentals of movement and how to successfully maneuver and navigate multiple attackers early on in a student's training. It can be done successfully with brand new students when you show them clearly what they should do. If you never build the fear, you will never have to painstakingly tear it down later. If you provide clear instruction and training which is built on solid fundamentals and builds in layers where students can both understand and execute, they will build both skill and confidence. Then Randori is fun. My students love Randori training. There is a method to Randori and a process for learning it. That's the good news. The bad news is that paired practice does not acquaint you with those skills. Giawaz is better, but is still incomplete for building all the good randori skills you need. Excellent randori skills should not be rare in the Aikido world. I'd love to hear your comments on some of your favorite Giawaz or randori training, so feel free to leave a comment below if you're listening to this on YouTube, or you can come to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall side and put up a post. I always love hearing about people's good training experiences. As always, if you like this podcast, please give a thumbs up, comment, like, and subscribe to the podcast. I deeply appreciate your support. Enjoy your training.